Good evening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Down to the Wire show on this Tuesday, January 7th, 2020. Yes, hard to believe. Uh, big shoes to fill tonight, as there will be no Errol tonight. But have no fear, because we still got Speedy. Uh, we also have Kevin and myself here. It's Kevin, right? Yes. Kevin and myself here. We're going to take your calls. We're going to chat sports with you. Uh, the number to join is 631 631- Three zero zero four four seven seven. Lots to talk about today, and um, why don't we start with uh, some of the news that came down today? Um, as you can see, I am wearing my Steve Smith Carolina Panthers jersey in honor of the um, the new hirings that took place today. Are you a Panthers fan, or just a, I am not just a, like, you just see, like Steve Smith? So I am I don't a, blame you. He's a great player. I'm a wide receiver at heart. Um, When I played football, I was a wide receiver. And uh, my favorite wide receiver was Jerry Rice. Of course. But I also was a big fan of Steve Smith. I actually, um, my first year of playing fantasy football, I was was new to it and I didn't really know. Um, I drafted Steve Smith with the first overall pick. And that was, um, I forget exactly what year it was, but it was a year when LaDainian Tomlinson had an amazing year. Oh, but his MVP season was I, like six. Yes, so. I think that, so. That was the year, okay. and uh, and uh, I, I was mocked for for taking Steve's. Although actually, Steve Smith was one of the best wide receivers yes, that year. Had absolutely. a very good season, but um, I was mocked for that. I was, and I, I named myself Team Steve Smith after that. But um, I am not a Panthers fan. I'm I am unfortunately uh, a Jets fan. Actually, all the teams that I root for um, have not won a championship since I've been alive. So. Um, yeah, that's been fun. But, uh, yeah, so um, about those hirings. So I, I, from what I was hearing, I thought that Matt Rule was, was in, you know, there was talks that he was supposed to end up being the Giants head coach. And then we hear this morning that um, he ends up going to the Panthers. So kind of a, a, a bit of a shock there. Well, I think the Panthers are actually a better fit for Matt Rule anyway, just because it's a young, it's a really young offense all at once, and it's a very similar to what a college type. The Giants offense are is. a pretty young offense too. I understand that. I'm talking about more what is closer to a college type offense. Look at the Panthers. You got okay. Christian McCaffrey, great running back. You got two tight, two McCaffrey very scat back. So good. Right, you have two very scat back types, smaller speed slot wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Deep, uh, not Debo Samuel. DJ Moore, DJ and, Moore yep. and Curtis Samuel. You got, again, 
other smaller receivers after that. You got young quarterbacks. Will Greer, who I, I liked as a prospect. I, I hope he stays, but I don't know if I don't know if rules if that's the guy he wants. You got Kyle Allen if he stays. You got again. You got a lot of different types, and this team is going to stay young. You got a young for the most part, with the exception of Trey Turner, offensive line. So you have all you have a very college type team with the Carolina Panthers. The Giants are like that too. They, they have it to an extent, but I think in terms of the the types of players Carolina has, they needed a younger coach. Whether it was a younger coordinator, which was adopting in the modern NFL, or a young college coach. They needed that kind of coach. Like I, I think if Mike McCarthy went to the Panthers, I don't think it would fit at all. Yeah. I, I, I think I, they needed that kind of coach. So I think Matt Rule, even though I'm not crazy about Big 12 coaches going into the NFL, the way he built up that program and that kind of team, I still think it could work there more than other spots for him. It's kind of ironic, though. When you're saying they needed a, uh, a young uh, head coach. Carolina, Or, or, yeah. or, or that um, – but – so Ron Rivera was fired by the Panthers, yeah. and he went to the Washington Redskins, and he said he really wanted a young foundation to coach. So it's kind of weird that like he left a young team right. which to is, go coach another young team. Which is fair. Team. I understand that. And I'm not saying Ron Rivera's a bad coach. He's a good coach. But I think the Panthers, kind of since that McCaffrey draft, mm-hmm. were kind of shifting in a different direction. Ron mm-hmm. Rivera's identity was always – he was, he's a now, how long coach. was he, he there? Was, uh, since 2011. So mm. he was there for eight years. But his identity was very power-based. They had yeah. power, big quarterback in Cam Newton. Always power runners with Jonathan Stewart. They brought in Mike Tolbert. They had bigger type receivers. And, again, a defense that had some speed at the linebacker position, had some Keep speed with their up. pass rushers, but was still more of a power-type team. They, were, they stopped the run, bigger corners, stuff like that. That was his identity. But the league started to shift kind of in that 2017 season mm-hmm. to more of that scat back McCaffrey, speed type, yeah. speed with the linebackers, speed with corner, stuff like that, speed with receivers, stuff like that. So it just kind of shifted away from what he liked to do. So I think the Panthers have always been waiting for that new fit. I think they would have fired him in 2017 if they didn't make the playoffs, but they made the playoffs. It just year. seems like so he, they weren't going to fire him after that. I hear you. And, and it does, to, you, to your point, it does seem like. Uh, there's only one Bill Belichick. There's only one situation like that where they've where a, a head coach, a, a program for the most part, has stayed intact for so long. And it seems some of the other coaches seems to seem to only last. I don't know, maybe successful ones like a seven to ten season radius, and then they just eventually want a different voice. Like Marvin Lewis coached for a while. Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy, Jason Garrett. Eventually, you want a you want a, ch- a change of, of voice. You know, it even applies to baseball. Uh, Joe Girardi coached the Yankees for ten seasons. You just every once in a while, you need a change of of, of um, the, the message gets stale, if you want to say. So, I. I I understand why they moved on. I don't know. I just found it, it funny that he wanted to coach a young team, yet there he was. You know, he was coaching a young team. Right. It was the just a different. They just needed a, it. It was a different type of team than what was, I guess, trending with those draft picks. I don't think. Right. I don't think the conventional, not conventional, but I, I don't think the Ron Rivera Panthers would have had those kinds of draft picks in there because of the way that he was able to win and he was able to build that other style of team. 
And with the way the league was shifting, I think the Panthers just did it in a different direction, and that's the way they ended up going. And, I, again, if he didn't make the playoffs in that 2017 season, which was a, kind of a surprise with the way they were shifting the team, I think he would have been fired then. But because of that, he was fired again two years later. The, the team was collapsing more in the second half of the season. I think that also contributed with that. So it's not that Ron Rivera wants a veteran team. I don't think he wants to rebuild a team like Bruce Arians did with the Cardinals where he was bringing in older guys right. and mixing it with the younger guys. I think he does want a young foundation, but I think his the way his style of play is, he's going to have to readjust it. While the Panthers GM and their coaching staff were already kind of preparing for this new speed motion offense trend that was happening in the NFL, which, again, Ron Rivera, I don't think struggled with it, but I don't think he's the kind of coach that can get that kind of offense to the best ability. Matt Rule, we'll see what he is, but he, the way he coached at Baylor and the way college offenses are, he has, a, I guess, a better chance of being that guy. Do you think this was the best fit for, for Matt Rule? Yeah, I do. I think among what was left, yeah. I think Matt Rule needed Do you think a this was team. a better fit over the, the Giants? Yes. The, hmm. One, they're a better team than the Giants. They're a, well, yeah, a they're, much better team than the Giants are right now. And again, I think it's all young offensive players all at once and all college types. It's not – you don't have this one uber-skilled receiver and then it's a drop-off after there. You have the bigger-bodied, older receivers, and you're dealing with a young quarterback or vice versa. You're dealing with all young all at once with this Carolina Panthers team and just very college-type players right now. Not that the Giants aren't like that, but I think the way the Panthers are right now, they're more built for that perfect college-style mm-hmm. offense, kind of kind of like what the Niners are running. To some extent, the Chiefs with their speed receivers. I, it's closer to that right now than what the Giants are. The Giants are still running first team they still have some bigger body receivers obviously have an Ingram at tight end so they they're trying to shift their identity a different way I think the Panthers were the perfect fit for that kind of coach if anyone were to gamble and again I still have my doubts because again Big 12 is no defense so it's easy for an offense to succeed but the way Matt Rule built up that Baylor program to win season in 2016 or whatever it was to under 500 no bowl game and now was one of the top 10 teams left in the nation right. so he really built up that program very well, where from that aspect, I could trust him a little more as an actual head coach in terms of grooming these players and getting them to work with him. Although he's never really had, uh, you know, he doesn't have the experience coaching in the NFL outside of that, that one season that he was uh, some sort of assistant, uh, offensive line assistant with, with the Giants. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how he handles the NFL. It's, not everyone can do it, but... Um, I mean, he certainly uh, paid well enough to, to be considered as somebody who's, who's capable of doing it. So the other news that broke today was the New York Giants, who we thought were in line to land Matt Rule, uh, out of the blue seemingly go and hire Joe Judge from the New England Patriots. And that, uh, that, that kind of came out of left field. And uh, I didn't. I didn't really hear this guy's name mentioned much. Uh, as the day has, has gone on, I've been listening to some of the stations and some of the reports coming out about who this guy is. And it's an unknown, um, but yeah, it really came out of left field with this one. And 
I don't know. I don't know what to think of this because, I mean, what do we really know about this guy? He's yeah, a young guy. We don't we don't really have a, much to a, draw it's upon. It's a big unknown with him just because he was very much down in the coaching ranks, I guess. I'm not saying that because he's a special teams coach. I'm saying that because he's was an unknown coaching candidate built up for what the trend was in the league. Now, again, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like. I don't dislike it because he's a special teams coach because I don't. I think that's kind of unfair to say, just because all of a there's, sudden there's been successful special teams coaches, right? And, and I also think there are good special teams coaches in the league. The Rams special teams coach has been very good for a while, and he was actually up for the for their head coaching position for a while too. He was in the running along with a couple other teams. Obviously, they hired Sean McVay, but the Chiefs' head uh, special teams coach has been in the runnings for a while. So it's not that it was, it's a special teams notion that's a bad thing. I hate the lazy notion, I have a young quarterback, you have to get an offensive coach. No, you don't. Yeah. I, the reason I don't like it is for the reasons of you're so low on a coaching tree in Bill Belichick that hasn't worked. Mike, Bill Belichick has not had good coaches work in other places. The Patriot way is the Patriot way. It's not really duplicatable in a lot of other places, and that's why other coaches under Belichick have had trouble. Mike Vrabel played for Belichick, but he didn't really coach with, with under Belichick, and he's working in Tennessee, but that's really it right now. Josh McDaniels had the one year, okay, but that's again, that's it. There's other coaches just haven't worked. The Patriot way does not travel. It's, you see, I, I, don't, I don't know that it's necessarily that it has to do with the fact that they worked under Bill Belichick and it doesn't seem to apply elsewhere. I, I think it goes on an individual basis because, I mean, we, we do have Bill O'Brien, who's... Who's fine, but he's just an average coach at best. Right, he's, he's not great, but I, I don't mean, think he's really grown. I, I, well, he's heading into the... the uh, he won a playoff game this year, so we'll that see That was what good. I give him that. credit for that. We'll see. Made good adjustments in right, the second half Right, we'll see how he builds game. off that, but I'm just talking about his whole career... It seems like it's been kind right. of stagnant. And we've also had um, Brian Flores, who... Did nice his first year. Yes, but let's I, give I mean, him, let's especially give him more than since one they, year. they shipped off all the talent that they no, did. No, Flores did a good job. I, I'm, in the second half of the season. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Right. He is, he's a, for this year, he did a very good job. We'll, th- see, after, I think we'll see after one year. Though. It's a case-by-case basis. And, I mean, the things that I've been hearing about this guy... Um, I mean, again, it's an unknown, so it's, it's – I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But he seems to be very highly regarded by uh, the, the places that he's, he's been in. He's worked for Nick Saban. Um, he's obviously w- – was with the Patriots for – I forget how long, since like 2012 maybe? I think so, yeah. So um, – and being a special teams coach, like you, you kind of have to – you have to work with both – offense and defense you, you really and I've heard that this guy is like very detail oriented he's he's a motivator so I, I don't know I don't know if you can use past examples to apply to this guy and the league is getting uh, there's a lot more younger coaches coming in and the Giants really just needed they need some kind of leadership they need somebody who really can can motivate these younger players and and really demand um, accountability with the young players because, I mean, what the Giants have been for the last few seasons has just been embarrassing. And they really need, you know, maybe they do, they do need some, some of that Patriots mojo 
to restore some order in their organization. Okay, that's fair to some extent because Ben McAdoo was definitely like that where he was just letting the players do whatever they wanted. And obviously he was terrible. But I don't think that was really Pat Shermer's issue. I think Pat Shermer's issue was more the way he used the players and the more the way he game-planned. I think that was more his issue. He was kind of – he was doomed from the start, I think. Like, well, I think the first year I gave him a little leeway just because they had a really hard schedule that year. And they, they, were, they, were play, they were playing close against the NFC South. They were playing close against a good AFC South. So yeah. I think – The season give, could have gone any way. But, and the, I think the, the worst part about it was the fact that they – I feel like they forced them to try to use Eli Manning again when they probably didn't think that they, they well, should have. I think the way the Giants were operating at that time, they were trying to, again, try to do a hybrid of rebuilding the positions they knew they needed to rebuild. Because remember, what was the narrative at that time? Eli Manning needs help with the offensive line. The Giants had no run game. The Giants had some holes on defense. What mm-hmm. did they do? They drafted Saquon Barkley. They drafted Will Hernandez. They, they signed Nate Solder. Yep. So they were building for those kinds of things. Because the Giants weren't a bad roster before that. They were kind of average. They were, they were middling for a while. They had some defensive players that worked, and again, defensive players that went great the first year and was down the next. So the narrative at that time to what it is now was completely different. Now, obviously, they purged everything for whatever reason. You don't rebuild by trading young players. Thank you, Dave Gettleman. (laughs) And now, all of a sudden, the narrative looks different for what the Giants were in the following season. But again, their schedule this year was really easy, where they should have been able to at least be more competitive. They should have won they more were. games. They were they they seemed very uncompetitive. We knew the defense was going to be bad, but they were out of position all the time. And yeah. Offensively, their line was supposed to be better. It didn't show any progress. The Saquon Barkley obviously being hurt. Obviously hurt a lot of things, but it just didn't seem like they were prepared at all. And Daniel Jones had yeah. some had a good game, had a couple bad games, so that's had thing. a good Once... game again. So what is he He's skill-wise looks better than what I thought he would be, which is good. But what Who's is that, he? Jones? Yeah, what is he in terms of growing as a quarterback? And to me, Shermer didn't really help that kind of thing at all. And once once they decided to make the move from from Eli to Daniel Jones, you kind of had the sense that okay, so this is what the season's going to be about now. It's no longer about wins and losses. I but mean, it was never like that anyway. I think the 2018 season was kind of like Well, that. the owner came out and said, like, the ideal scenario would be we stick with Eli because we're winning games. Well, you would hope. But, again, that wasn't going to happen with all the way that they were getting rid of everybody. If they kept Landon Collins, they kept Odell, they kept trying to improve the holes they had, okay. You it's strange that, that they, they parted with, with all the people that they right. did. I mean, when you, you think about – If you're trading older players, okay, I understand that. Trading snacks – yeah, he's an older player. That didn't make sense to me for the yeah, price they got. Yeah, I didn't get got. that one. But, again, I get the reason they want to trade an older player. But, but he trading, was, I don't think he was a problem for the locker room or anything like that. I was shocked that. about that I'm not one. even saying that. I'm saying just, just rebuilding in general. If mm-hmm. you want to trade older players, okay. You don't trade 26-year-old top five receiver in the league and 26, uh, 26 27-year-old top ten safety. I, I, you just don't do that to rebuild. The Landon Collins thing baffled me. I think it baffled everybody. But uh, Odell, as as I mentioned, I mentioned yesterday, I, there's something about. I, I think they had to ship him out just for the sake of resetting the culture because they kind of empowered him to become this. I don't. I don't know. I, I right. But here, here's the thing with that though. 
they never disciplined him early on, and they just kind of enabled that's fair, him to but become that's ma- this. That's McAdoo, though. That's not right. That's not what it is now. So the play would have been, all right, get rid of McAdoo first. Let hope. Let's hope another coach can help mature Odell. That was the narrative first. I mean, they had Tom Coughlin. Like right. th- Tom that, Coughlin, sh- that should have been it. They right. should have. Tom Coughlin, Coughlin should have never been fired or resigned or whatever yeah. happened with him. And I blame the front office for that too. That's what started the whole. No, the Giants have been dysfunctional spin. since. Yeah. I know that. The, that whole sixteen. Although they had that one season, random season. Right, the yeah. one random season where the defense with McAdoo, played well. yeah, right. the, with the yeah. where the defense played well and the offense again played, I guess, well enough, but they were still weren't that good. Now, Odell was great that year. Odell was great, but that, again, that was really it. Mm-hmm. So, in essence, what you're looking at is from one extreme to the other. Let's test out one theory. Get rid of the coach. Let's see how this other coach changes things. Odell wasn't really that noisy in 2018 in terms of until really the end of the season. I think the November thing where the— Well, he was quiet until he got paid. Right. He had the, But even to get paid, he was showing up. He was practicing. He wasn't saying anything outrageous. It was the only thing I really remember that he said was again that little Wayne thing. About yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 that was later in the season, and that was really only the only thing. And but that's at the, that point you're that's not a little thing. Okay, but at that point, yeah, you could take sh- you could take shots at Eli Manning, and that that does look bad. Okay, but I think it's also kind of inevitable anyway. Is my point? I think anyone else could have said it, and it would have been kind of the same message. What's inevitable? I think they kind of knew that Eli Manning was regressing slightly. Now, again, I don't blame him at all. Uh, not at all, but I don't blame him entirely. I right. think it was I mean, more of the run game offensive line offensive terrible line, coaching. Yeah. But yeah. you're dealing with that being the only issue. I think you have a chance to hang on to him, and maybe they did something right, and then they all of a sudden trade him. So from that standpoint, I don't understand. Now, going back to what you were saying about the discipline, I don't know if that was really the issue with Shermer, though, because I don't think the Giants were undisciplined. I think the Giants were just young and just bad all this year all at once, and Pat Shermer didn't do a good, good enough job growing that offense without Odell and, again, without or with Daniel Jones in there now. Daniel Jones was his guy. That's who he wanted, and he all he did was fluctuate with him and really didn't did a bad job game planning on an easy schedule. That was really the main issues with that, with him. Yeah. And so he, I, I understand why he got fired, but I think it was kind of strange that they brought in that kind of coach for this kind of team. Not that it's a special the, teams the coach. Co- oh, okay, yeah, not coach. that it's a special teams coach. I have no problem with that. It's a, it's a Bill Belichick coaching tree for younger players. It's not going to guarantee anything because a lot of younger players can get rattled by that. Yeah, you do want discipline to some extent, but there's good coaches that aren't sticklers that have disciplined football teams. So it, you don't have to come from a Belichick coaching tree to have a disciplined football team. I, I don't think that really is the only no, way to I, do I don't it. No, I don't, I don't think it has anything. I would anything focus in... more on, again, developing a strategy, developing good game planning so these guys can grow. So it all depends on who do, – we don't know anything about who he's bringing with him on the staff, right? Because that—that's to me, okay. that's the biggest issue. That's fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fault him if they bring in a good offensive coordinator. If they bring in a good they offensive need, coordinator, they need somebody to take control of the organization and be like a CEO kind of position. Because the last two coaches—I mm, don't know if I like that either. Though I don't want one guy having all the power. No, I don't mean. I don't necessarily mean all the power. I just I, not for this kind of team. 
I just, I, I mean, they need somebody to just to, to really take charge of the team as opposed to the last two coaches, Pat Shermer and Ben, ben McAdoo, who didn't really seem to have much respect from the players. And, I mean, look, look what happened. I mean, they, they, how many games have they won the last three, four seasons? I mean, they, they've been one of the worst teams. I know. And they need somebody to come in and demand accountability from everybody, somebody who, who knows what a winning culture is like and who knows how to be a leader of men. So I would, I, I would believe that if I could trust the Belichick coaching tree, but it doesn't work. Yeah, well, like we said, I don't, I don't know that that's the case for every single coach that has, has been from the Belichick tree. I think we have to wait and see because we still have Bill O'Brien coaching right now, and we seem to think that Brian Flores did a pre- pretty decent job now, in Miami. Yes. I, so I think he did a nice job his first year. I don't think you could just say 100% across the board that, and, and I understand the argument because the, the numbers are there. The coaches have not done well that have come from, from Belichick. But I don't know. I, we, this, this guy, he's a, he's a young guy. It's an unknown commodity. So you kind of have to wait, wait and see. And, and we don't know who else he's bringing along with him yet. Maybe he brings some uh, experienced coordinators along with him. Yeah. I hope so. We don't maybe, know. Maybe that kind of thing does help. But here's the other thing you got to factor in, too. When the Texans and the Dolphins were picking their coaches, now the Texans and Dolphins were in two different positions. The Texans were a good team that had a, a quarterback that was hindered by injuries and just a lot of injuries all at once that year. And then Matt Schaub was just terrible that final season. That's why they moved on from him. They had the first overall pick. They weren't a. They were a, a three and thirteen team. <laughs> yes. So Kevin's telling me the Giants are looking at Jason Garrett. Yikes as an offensive coordinator. Are they really? Because I, th- I thought I heard something about that today, and what they were saying was that they initially wanted to request an interview with him as the head coach, not as the offensive coordinator. Okay, no, that wasn't the case. I think, it, I think it was offensive coordinator, too. But going back to what I was saying earlier, the Texans were a 2-14 and 14 team, I think, that season, but they weren't a 2-14 and 14 team on paper. They were a better team than that. So they, they had previous playoff runs where they were losing to the Patriots. So they were thinking, all right, maybe you get a guy that can help understand what the Patriots like to do, because the Patriots were a juggernaut. They were beating Houston, I think, in back-to-back postseasons. Right, they were yeah. destroying Houston in the regular Although season. Although those games weren't... Taking out really good receivers. Remember and some of those playoff games weren't really blowouts. Like uh, They were early. Later on, they started to get closer. Yeah, the, the When O'Brien when... was there, not when Kubiak what, was, was there. Hmm. Yeah, those games were I thought were I remember at least one game before O'Brien where I think in the prime of J.J. Watt's career where they, where they kept one close. But. No, I don't think so. I think that was more later, I want to say 15, 16 years like that. I'm talking more of the first couple of playoff appearances for the Texans. Mm-hmm. So, again, the notion was we can't beat the Patriots, but we're pretty good. We, we, Peyton Manning's gone. Jags and Titans weren't that good at that time. So our division is not really the issue. Can we beat the Patriots? So, so far, a lot of these expatriate, uh, you know, the Belichick tree guys are doing well against him. Well, right, but it's one thing to do well head-to-head. It's another thing to do well as an actual team because right. you could say all you want about the Titans destroying the Patriots last year, the Lions when they destroyed the Patriots. They, the coaches still weren't, again, amazing coaches. And again, the Giants are really, as an NFC team that's rebuilding, aren't really in position to say, all right, we're going to go 
get this guy so they can help out against the Patriots. That shouldn't be the logic that they have to go by because they're an NFC team that plays them every four years and they're rebuilding. No, but, uh, so they're you know, not going like, to face it in the Super Bowl. It's a copycat league. Everybody wants to, you know, the Patriots had this dynastic run. Everybody wants to recreate that. So. I understand that, but the other problem with that argument is the Patriots are not the trendy team. They're not, they don't have what everybody loves in a league all the time. Because remember, there's all these different phases. The Patriots are a team that always tries to counter what the popular things are to do. So I think using that kind of logic, too, is still kind of flawed in the sense where the Patriots are not really a trendy team. They're, no, they have been what they've always been. There's certain things they like more than others. I think defensively. Right, hey, if you want to win, the Patriots are the team. Right, you know, but they, they have don't been. do things in all the same way either. The early 2000s Patriots were a defensive team right. that had. That was before Brady really right. was what we, were, we knew him as. Right, they were a defensive team today. that had good pass rushers, power mm-hmm. rushers, a decent secondary. Richard Seymour. Richard's, right, Richard Seymour. And uh, Ty Warren, guys right. like that. Yep. They Vince Wilfork, obviously. So yep. they had big guys at the line of scrimmage, and they were that kind of defense. You had an offensive personnel that had that had uh, Corey Dillon, who was a good running back. They mm-hmm. had Kevin Falk, who was a good, good pass catching back. So they had that type of team. Then they shifted it to where they had the, the big tight ends. They brought in Randy Moss. So it's kind of weird. More of a passing team. Thinking they, about it, how like how it started and what it left off as is kind of similar, right? Like, right. T- I think the Patriots are doing all different things. Then they went to Lawrence Maroney, who was a power back. Then all of a sudden they don't have a feature back for years since Maroney got hurt and retired. All of a sudden they have a revolving door. Then right. they bring back the power back when it seems like all the speed backs are trending in the league. They They're always Le- ahead of the curve. Right. They bring in LeGarrette Blunt. They do different things, and they build their defense to stop those trendy offensive things. Now, I'm not saying they are perfect at it all the time. I think the one thing the Patriots have always been flawed at is stopping running quarterbacks. No matter how they build their defense, they've just always had trouble with that. Yeah, but there's, there's always some styles and there's always some players that are just immune to the, the greatness of, right. the, of the coaching of the Patriots. I mean, guys, uh, the, the Ravens used to always give the Patriots fits. Guys like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, who... You can you can coach all you want, but there's just some players that are just above being coached, like Lamar Jackson. Like I haven't seen anybody yet this season find a way to slow him down. Mm-hmm. If anybody would have been able to do it, you would have thought it would be Belichick. But I think it could be the Titans. I think they have a defense that's really built for that kind of thing. Yeah, that team kind of scares me right now. Um, and it's weird because, as you were saying, well, uh, once again, six three one three zero zero four four seven seven. The number to join if you want to hop in on the discussion. But you were saying before about the, the switch to the scat backs, yet here we are seeing Derrick Henry, who's this big power guy who's, I mean, they're, they're really riding right, right now. and They're the exception of the rule right now. And yeah. I guess Vrabel kind of brought that kind of thing. They were sticking with being the exception of the rule and building the defense to stop the, the trendy stuff. You always look to see who's going to be that, that one wild card team that, that gets hot and just believes in what they're doing right. at that time. And, and that'd be a team as good as a year and as as great as the Ravens have looked at times this year, that's a scary matchup. Right. I, I would just not. Just with the way they built their defense. Outside yeah. rushing defenses always give running quarterbacks fits more than base defenses or bigger type defenses, whatever. Mm-hmm. They got two fast middle linebackers if Jayon Brown does play. Right. They got speed corners 
which can definitely keep up with Lamar Jackson. Remember what the Chargers did last year. They put a bunch of corners in the game to keep up with the speed of Lamar Jackson. Tennessee could do that, too. Right. And same with Bayard. He's a fast safety. So I think they have all that in terms of being able to contain him. I don't think they'll be able to completely stop him because yeah. he's still very good, and he's still going to innovate the way he does. But He's so young, and he's, he's, he's well-rested, right. too. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it, I'm excited to watch the game because I, I think – so Vrabel wasn't uh, a New England coach, but obviously he played for New England, so he, he knows some of the ways of New England. So I think he can come up with a game plan. Like The best thing to do is, is to own time of possession, to just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, just ride Derrick Henry and keep Lamar Jackson off the field as much as you can. Well, sure. And just right. win, win time possession, time of possession, and – don't make mistakes. Right. That's what any run defense team, run running and defense teams do. That's the, that's their mantra. But then yeah. it's kind of like they, it's kind of a wash because the Ravens could easily do. The that. Ravens could do that too, and the <laughs> so, Ravens could stop the run. So right. that's going to make it a lot it's, harder. It's going to be a great matchup. Right. So looking at just looking at that though, going back to what I was saying, with the exception of the rule, the Patriots and the Titans were very similar, which they decided to trend in that direction, where they are building the defense to stop the popular thing which in, cur- in this current case is a lot of good running RPO offenses now. And offensively, they do, they do completely different things. The Patriots, again, always have been a tight end primary offense, and they did that before it was popular. Yep. They did the scat back thing before it was popular. Now and everybody all- always tries to copy that. Right, and again, some have succeeded with it. The Saints have done a great job succeeding with yep. pass-catching running backs, kind of like the Patriots do. Before they really had Kamara and Ingram and those guys, they were succeeding with – scat back type guys. Remember Pierre Thomas and hmm. Traveris Cadet and guys like that. They were succeeding with it. But again, not every team was. It's, it wasn't, it's not something that's duplicatable. And again, that's why I think when you don't have the power to micromanage stuff from the what to do on third down and two at seven minutes and 20 seconds, micromanaging that to also micromanaging the roster the way Belichick does. He mm-hmm. poaches guys off of teams that fit a specialty in terms of if you're a bench player, all right, I'm going to bring you in speed rushing situations. I'm going to bring yep. you in specifically to spy the quarterback. Nobody better Stuff at like that, that than Belichick. He micromanages this, this roster. He'll cut players that don't fit that particular trend, and he'll poach players from other teams, and obviously he drafts well as well. So that helps for that factor. The Patriots ever change their roster so much, which is why it's very hard to duplicate. They've only had a couple constants. They've, all, they've always had more quicker at the line of scrimmage, but not pure speed type receivers. They've always had bigger corners and bigger physical middle linebackers and even outside linebackers that are base-type linebackers. But those are really the only constants in terms of the way they build their teams and heavy tight end offense. It's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, they've had this dynastic run you know, of 20 years, and, I mean, they're – When's the last time they had a high draft pick? Like, they're, they're doing it all. And, and then they've had draft picks Gerard forfeited. Mayo, I think, was the highest draft pick they had in a while. He was pick 11. I think that was it, though. I think that was their only pick in the teens. I mean, they've managed to maintain this with basically, I mean, it's just the, the genius of Belichick, just finding, finding players in, in right. I mean, they'll, they'll take them from anywhere. Late in the draft, you know, teams didn't know how to use certain guys. And, right. I mean, it, it's really remarkable what they've done. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I, I don't know if this is it for, for Brady and don't know how long Belichick wants to coach. But, I mean, wow, that, that's just been remarkable. And um, 
So yeah, we got a new. Well, we still have one team that uh, has not filled its vacancy yet, right? Just the Browns? Or Just is there the Browns for the time being, but again, I think there still could be other coaches that get fired. You too. think so? Yeah, th it's possible. I, right now, the this only... Late? That'd be, right that'd now, be I think shocking. the only... Well, it's... Just the start of the off season. It's the fact that all these hires happen so quickly is what's surprising. Yeah. But besides Atlanta, I don't think anyone specifically announced that they are of any fringe team that they are keeping their head coach. Detroit said they were keeping uh, Patricia. Right, but I don't think I don't think Patricia's really his job was really that much at risk. I, what is surprising is they kept their GM because their GM's horrible. For I don't know why they kept him. Talk about a team that does not draft well. That would be the Lions. <laughs> yeah, Calvin Johnson fall into your lap, and that's really it. Yeah, and then, um, so yeah, just the Browns. I wonder who's who. Do you think's going to go there? It should be the enemy. I think that's the best fit for them. But I again, I don't know. Either that or McDaniel's. I've I been hearing. Think, I don't think McDaniel's would fit that at all. He's from Ohio, supposedly. So I, I don't know. I'm worried about McDaniel's. He wasn't a great head coach with a talented Broncos team. Again, they didn't they didn't have the quarterback. Tebow wasn't a great quarterback, but they had receiving talent. They had no Sean Marino as a good running back. I mean, they had an older Willis McGahee, which wasn't great, but it, you know what's crazy about it still was a pretty good team, and he had trouble offensively coaching that to its full potential in what was a pretty weak division. So... I don't know how much they're going to be able to do that with Cleveland again now with more all the personalities. I think they really need somebody that will actually use that offense to full potential. But also, again, Bienemy I think is a guy too that he's I don't the think, dark I don't horse. Think, I don't think he's light on his players. He, he can, I think he's tough on the running backs when he was with the Chiefs for a while. Even when the Chiefs were more of a running team, he was tough on the running backs. He, I think he'll end up being a good coach once once he gets the opportunity. I, don't, I, know, I, don't I know. think he will, too. I want him for the Giants. Now, yeah. uh, Kevin I'm over here, wait. who's, who's going to come on air after the break, yeah, he brought up Tom Coughlin. Now, that's definitely interesting. Uh, yeah, but after being let go by the Jaguars, I don't, I don't know that, that – I, I, mean, I don't I, think he's coming back. I think there's some merit to it. Not Coughlin specifically going to the Browns, but I think there's some merit to him stepping down from, the, from that position – because I don't think he didn't want to coach. I still think he wanted to coach when he was let go by the Giants. Well, yeah, you're right about Remember, that. Remember, he got rumors from the 49ers. He got rumors from the Eagles. Uh, I think it was – oh, I thought perfectly – the perfect fit for him would have been Cincinnati at that time because I thought they should have let go of Marvin Lewis after that stupid playoff debacle against the Steelers. But that didn't happen. Now – I still think he wants to coach, and I still think for an older guy, he how is, old is he? He's, he's, he's I, I think seventy-one years old or something like that. But he's always been a high-energy older guy, so he might be older. Than I that. think, I think there's some merit to him still wanting to coach. Now, I, would he want to coach the Browns? I don't know. I don't. I, I, there's no ties for him. I think if Jacksonville were to fire Marone, I think he would have probably tried to coach there again. But seventy-three. I, yeah, I don't. I don't see him being the Browns guy. But I mean. Would it be a bad thing? No, because that team needs discipline. That team had no discipline last year. Yeah, oh, my God. So they they would need it, the would polar it, opposite of what it, they had. Would it work? Possibly, because that team does need discipline. But, again, like I said, there's a lot younger players nowadays, for whatever reason. I guess it's just the, the generational gap, the age gap, whatever. It just doesn't seem like they do well in under those types of, under those types of tougher-nosed coaches. 
So that could be the one thing that could shy teams away from a Tom Coughlin. I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong because I think discipline is needed no matter what. Yeah, and that's, I think you that's can, on you as the athlete, but it's also a, a selling point for athletes to stay there. Too. It's got to be a combination of the two. You've got to be able to, to be a, a disciplinarian, but in a way that can relate to the, the current athlete. And I think the two are possible because I, I, you, you just you, – you need a, a person who can hold these players accountable. And, you, and for that, you need somebody who's a disciplinarian, I think. Right. And I think they do exist. It's just hard to find. And it, whether you're one extreme or the other, to start, like Coughlin was when he first started with the Giants – you have to evolve to some level with that. And he lightened up a little bit, and that's, right. uh, that's Coughlin, when they, they went on Coughlin their uh, Super Bowl. progressively light, light, lighted up from what he was originally, but he still was tough on the players. Now, would that work with this just age group of athletes? That, But it can, I, I heard from, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Jarvis Landry was quoted. They, they asked him what they were looking for in a coach, and I'm pretty sure he was quoted saying, like, we need leadership. Like, we need somebody. Absolutely. But know. leadership can also come without having to be a stickler all the time. And with a, such a young team like the Browns, that could be something that could not work. Now, again, would I have them shy away from going after Tom Coughlin if that was the case? No. And I don't think and – and if Coughlin wants to go there, I don't think they would not give him an interview. I'm just saying, would it work with all those young players – is another question, too. Now, they definitely need discipline because Freddie Kitchens was terrible. And that team was highly penalized <laughs> a, all year long. Right. That team was highly penalized all year long. So they definitely do need some level of discipline. But, again, they also – this is the other problem Kitchens had. They also need to get that offense to full throttle because he was wasting such talented yeah, players. But, Besides Nick Chubb. Like, Nick Chubb had a great year. Yeah, he did a very good year. But, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. We're running five-yard simple routes all the time. Yeah. Baker Mayfield was throwing short passes, and then when he wanted to throw deep, he threw deep, but he would force the ball a lot of the time, and that was, again, not always the play call either. So it's definitely interesting. Yeah, I wonder who they're going to go with. They should go with the enemy. Just, again, you want to talk about a good coaching tree. Andy Reid's got a nice coaching tree. Yeah. So you got that. And they they I, said I think, they're going to give control to, you know, whoever wants to come in there. Which is so. fine. I have no – for the Browns' sake, which has had such a bad front office Yeah, they kind of need that. They kind of need that kind of <laughs> yeah. guy. I, I didn't want it for the Giants because I think – not that their GMs have been good lately, but I think in terms of the influence of the, the front office, I think it's going to be still very hard to get those ways across. The Giants are still kind of old school – the Browns have just been searching for identity, identity for years. The Panthers, like we were saying with Rule, they could, him getting control I don't think would have been a good idea, but I think what he's had his control of doing is good because the Panthers have been a well-run organization. The Browns have been looking for answers with every GM imaginable. So yeah. they, them giving a, a big-name coach control, which is why they were in rumors with McCarthy last year, could be the answer now what if it if it's the enemy we'll see how he does as a quote-unquote gm role too because that i don't know that's always a wild card too you're you you could be a coach that's good at player development you could be a coach that's a good strategist you could be a coach that's good at relating to players but again we don't know how he would be in that kind of control role either so it's definitely interesting i still think he would be the best coach out there for cleveland but 
I agree where they need to have some level of control aspect to take away from the front office because that front office has been awful, Abysmal. awful, awful since their franchise existed. Yeah, I mean, they're the only team that, that might have been worse than the Giants in the last few years. In terms of front office, they've been better than the Giants, I'll say that. But just the organization still not very in general. Good. Well, yeah, the organization has been corrupt for a while now. They had, okay, they had a couple playoff years, their first, I think, three years of existence out of the five, but I think since 2003, they've been easily the most corrupt team in football. And yeah. they've tried a lot of different things. It just hasn't worked. And the one thing they haven't really tried is giving a coach that kind of control, man. Maybe that's just all they need. Yeah. Sometimes you got to change what you're doing. You know, what, what, what they've been doing obviously has not worked. So they, they have to try something different. When do we got a break here, Speedy? Uh, pretty soon because usually we only do 15 so, minute segments or so. The so NFC. We definitely went over. The NFC East now is very interesting as far as the, the – when we have three new coaches, and Doug Peterson hasn't been – it's only been, like, what, three, four seasons this there? Is, this is – he's entering his fifth season. Entering his fifth now. Yep. So, wow. So we got Ron Rivera with a young Washington team, which could have a very good defense next season, especially if they end up drafting um, – what's his face? The uh, The Redskins? The Redskins, yeah. They get the second pick. Right. I can't think of Chase Chase Young, right? Chase Young. I mean, that's interesting, though, because do, they have a lot of front seven talent. Do they, they really, do. Do they really? I mean, Why not anyone can use Chase Young. It's like the Niners with Nick Bosa. They didn't need him, but it's, it's a but great luxury what, to have. Exactly, and look, now, look what it's done for them. This is my thing, though. The Redskins need so much on offense. Where yeah. the, if you get a great trade package for the – to get tons yeah, of other first uh, and second round quarterback uh, team who needs a quarterback? No, not even that. A team that could use Chase Young, too. I'm talking about oh. Chase Young. And I've said this for a while. I think this is the well, perfect. Well, the Giants could use him. Well, of course. <laughs> the Giants could use it. But are, are the, do the Giants want to afford to trade all that draft capital? Because, yeah, again. They, they, need a, they have a lot of holes The Redskins are one of those teams where they have a good defense. They have a defense that has a lot of young talent. That most of it's in the front seven, but they have a good safety. But why not add a, dyna- a once-in-a-generation sure. pass rusher? No, I know that. I'm just saying if the offer is there. I'm not saying to sell low on the draft. Oh, yeah, no, you always have to hear. I just want to Definitely have to see the you, offer, yeah. But I think there's a perfect match. I really do. Who? Atlanta. Who are they Atlanta, uh, I think it's 15 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But here's, here, here, this is the thing. They don't need much. They need maybe a corner... I'm surprised they had such a disappointing right. season. They're Although a they, really talented team. But they they had a weird season because they they beat some good teams. Like, well, they were good in the second half of the season. They just yeah, had a dud they start. beat the Niners. They beat the Saints. Right. Right. They they're a talented team that should have never been below 500. Right. They I think have a top five roster in football. If they assuming they keep everybody because there's some guys that will be free agents. But again, they don't need much. They need maybe another corner. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe a backup running back because Devontae Freeman's been injury prone, and obviously their other running backs didn't really play well. But the big thing they need is pass rush. They could not get to the quarterback yeah. at all. Besides that one game against the Saints where they had six sacks, Grady Jarrett's good, so but weird. Vic Beasley after that 15 sack season has been disappointing. Tack McKinley's been hurt, so they just need that in the worst way, and they don't need much else. So if you're the if you're the Redskins. If Atlanta offers you your first rounder next year, because remember Atlanta has two twos too. They got one for the Patriots. You give oh, them a second. New, yeah. You give them a second. Maybe you give them another draft pick next year too. You 
are you going to pass it up if you're the Redskins when you need so much on offense like they do? And maybe Atlanta gives you an offensive player too. Maybe they give you one of the slot receivers. Maybe they give you an Austin Hooper maybe in that kind of deal. Because I think if they sign him maybe, as I think he has one year left on his contract, give him a tar- give Dwayne Haskins a target like Hooper who had a nice year. Well, um, Would you really pass name? that uh, up considering your needs? Terry, uh, what's his name, McLaurin? McLaurin. He's, 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 he's one player, though. He's a nice player, but he's one player. Yeah, you I mean, know, I mean, but... Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they they do have more uh, holes to fill on offense, so that might yeah with, that, that would I be a pretty good in suitor. this kind of receiver draft and now needing offensive line with Trent Williams being gone, most uh, very likely because yeah. he's pissed at them. I don't blame them. Are you going to pass that kind of offer up if you're the Redskins? If the Falcons offer you that kind of hey, thing, and I think it, if it's and an I think offer, it works, they can't refuse. Right. And I think it works really well. I think it could work really well for both teams. Now, I'm not saying if the Redskins just sell low on the pick. If, if Chase Young's there, it's a Chase Young's there, and if you're not getting the offer, take him. Right. Take the overload. It's an easy. It's an easy right. pick to make. You're doing what the Niners do with Nick Bosa. You don't need mm-hmm. him, but it's a great luxury. Yeah. Now, I don't think he'll be better than Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa is still a better player, but he's still going to be very similarly amazing. He'll so, be very good. I think. If the pick, if the draft's not there, if it's not there, pick him. And Ron Rivera's going to love him anyway. He loves those kinds of power rushing type pass rushers. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the perfect fit for his kind of defense. Oh yeah. But again, at the same time, when you're rebuilding this Redskins team, who again they don't need much, but they just need a lot on offense. They really need to focus on that and trust the defense they already have because they have Ryan Kerrigan. They have they just drafted Montez Sweat. They have talented young linebackers, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. This is a good defense. It's a good in the defense, front seven. but they need uh, corners. They need corners, but again, there's no corner really worth taking that early. I'd have to see what the offer is because if if you can if so you're already close enough on defense. If you add Chase Young, a good defense can take you a long way. I mean, Maybe. look at look at Chicago from a year ago. I mean, Okay. Terrible offense, but the defense brought them close enough. I mean, they, they should have won against the Eagles. Okay. And th- they have a, a defensive-minded head coach. I, I don't know. I, I always feel like if that's your if your strength is closer on defense and you have the opportunity to pick a guy like Chase Young, oh, no, that's I'm, what I would right, do. I'm not, but again, I'm not saying it's It all low, depends on the offer. But I really think the Falcons are one of those teams that could afford to give them that kind of big package because right. they don't need much. And they really need That's Chase who they Young. need, yeah. They, When you look at the top ten and even a couple of the picks before the Falcons, because I think they're 15 if I remember correctly, there's not a lot of team where pass rush is their quote-unquote biggest need. And if it is, a team like the Jets, a team like Miami, it's not their only need where they can afford to trade all of what they would have to trade up to get to two for a player like Chase Young. I feel like everybody needs a pass rusher, though. Of course. But who is in that position to give up that much draft capital? Right. The Falcons yeah, are one of the teams. You're they, saying they don't, they, don't they don't need much else. Right. So that would be the one thing that they Is need. My, right. so. it, would Miami trade their pick and pick 27 to, to the Redskins for, for number two? I don't think they should. Yeah, no, that would be kind of dumb. Even them trading one of their seconds, I think, just to move up three spots, I think would be kind of dumb. They need so much where they can't afford to do that. They need to keep all their draft picks. Right. Same thing with a team like the Giants. The Giants, I'd love to, for Chase Young to be a Giant, but it's going to be tough for them to trade into an in-division rival, and they need so much as it is where they can't afford to trade so much draft capital. Because Chase Young is that good of a prospect where he's going to, if you're, if you're trading that pick for him, it's going to warrant a lot. That's why the Redskins will take him if he's available. 
in, I think, 90% of circumstances. But I'm just saying, if they get that kind of offer, being it's not a huge need for them, don't be surprised if they try to do that. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, it'd be interesting. Dra- draft day is going to be fun because there's going to be a – I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with all these quarterbacks. You know, where, where is Tua going to go? Who's going to surprise everybody and trade up? Where does Chase Young go? It's, I, I can't wait, man. That, the NFL is just an absolute juggernaut. And there's so many good young players in the league right now, and I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see who gets drafted where. And, you know, the New York teams have been struggling for the last couple of seasons, and they have oh, – where are the Jets picking? What is it? Sit? No, the Jets are all the way at nine or something They're like at that. Nine. Well, hopefully, hopefully we got the right guy in place in uh, Joe Douglas to, to help build the Joe roster Douglas, and I su- think support. I think he'll do well because I think him learning from Ozzie Newsom and Howie Roseman in Philadelphia I think will help, especially when it comes to defense because they really do know defense. Yeah, I mean, they already had a pretty good defense. I mean, look what, what Greg Williams got out of that defense after losing um, Avery Williamson and, and C.J. Mosley. Right. And not really having no, cornerbacks. I'm not saying they're no, going to focus saying. on defense. I'm just saying – in terms of building the defense, I think, in terms of just finding quality. It'd be nice to just finally not have a, an interior defensive lineman drafted for once. <laughs> it seems like that's all <laughs> that they is, do That now. is fair. But at the same time, a lot of those good interior defensive linemen either kept getting suspended or kept getting hurt, which created Leonard Williams' play on double team his whole career, too. Yeah. And then now Quinn and Williams with the same kind of circumstances. So and that's, once upon a time, more, Muhammad right, Wilkerson. Right. That kind of thing is more on the way the team operated more than the actual player itself because yeah. they're both talented players. But going back to Douglas, he also learned about offensive line from them too. Philly's that's a great offensive what, line. That's and that's, I think, need. the bigger key. The Ravens mm-hmm. had a, a couple of good offensive linemen, and now they have a really good team offensive line too. And some of mm-hmm. that had, was his influence, even though it was mostly Ozzie Newsome. It was, some of it was his influence. So that'll be the biggest thing I think the Jets need to take away from this because they desperately need offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Both New York teams do. But I think the, the Giants need defense more than they need offensive linemen right. right now. But, again, if a top player is going to fall to them, you take it. Of course. All right. Uh, do we need to break here? No, not yet. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, 631-300-4477. Going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, give us a call and weigh in on the, uh, the new coaching situations across the league. Down to the wire. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to, to Down, Down to, to the, the wire. wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. All righty. Um, 631-300-4477 is the number. Um, we were... Talking about the, the new uh, coach hirings that came down today. Um, so, yeah, we kind of were a little bit surprised, taken back by Joe Judge, as we learned being hired by the Giants today. Um, but uh, I wanted to segue into this week's upcoming games. Um, kind of wanted to get your guys' takes on that. Also, we're in the middle of an intense game of musical chairs right now, as uh, Speedy has now joined me on this side of the table. I'm used to seeing him. Uh, operating the boards over there. But now we have Kevin over there who is now on board with us. So uh, welcome aboard, Kevin. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be aboard. All right. And uh, Speedy, it's going to be interesting having you on this side of the glass now. 
I say on this side of the glass, but that's just that's just what I always hear in, in uh, sports the radio. So. He's not on the other side of the glass. We're all on the other side of the glass, technically. Um, so what do you guys think about these, these upcoming games here? So we got Houston at Kansas City, the Vikings at the Niners, Tennessee at Baltimore, Seattle at Green Bay. So start uh, who's the first game Saturday. I think Niners-Vikings. Is the Niners-Vikings. What do you guys think about that game? You want me to go first? Go, go ahead, first? Speedy. I think this one's going to be, I think, the best quality of play between all, all four matchups. Both these teams are talented. Both these teams have very similar strengths. And I think you're going to see them up against each other. Great defenses, great defensive lines, great run games. Different types of run games, but great run games across the board. And it's definitely going to be very interesting. I could see Minnesota upsetting here because I think them being able to stop the run like they do and uh, having the linebackers and Kendricks and Barr have been good in coverage this year, Harrison Smith as well, to help contain Kittle enough could really make it hard on that offense. And, and if Delvin Cook gets going. Yeah. Now, Dalvin Cook, I, he's a great player. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tough matchup against that kind of run defense. Where, mm-hmm. where I want to see Kevin Stefanski really use him is as a pass-catching back. Because actually, I think that's the matchup that could be tough. Because I think the Niners have more pass-rushing type, obviously, edge rushers. And Fred Warner, while he's good in coverage, is better in the middle. If you can use Cook with complicated routes on the outside, that could be something that's definitely interesting. So that's one thing to watch those two defensive matchups for for Minnesota. Do we, do we have an advanced weather report yet? Do we know how the how the weather is going to be there? Because Let me I, find out. I think a big factor that's not being talked about is so we we saw um Kirk Cousins had a pretty good season, but and they just had a very good game against the Saints in the Superdome. They're used. They're, they're. I think they play their best football in a dome, and this is going to be a much big. Obviously, it's the the opponent. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup for them. But I think them playing on grass now is going to affect the game as well as the game not starting at one o'clock. Which, as I mentioned uh, yesterday, for some reason, Kirk Cousins seems to play his best at one o'clock. Like he's he's very. Uh, regiment oriented, so it's going to be interesting I think to most see. Guys are like that, though. yeah, but he seems to, for whatever reason, like if I, I don't have the numbers in front of me to back it up. So for all you know, it, it sounds like I'm just making this up. But it will be 55 and sunny. Oh, all right, so all right, so the the weather's not going to play a factor. But I think taking them out of a dome, I think they're so used to playing in a dome. I think Dalvin Cook is at his best in a in a dome. He was running all over the Saints defense yes. um, last Sunday, but. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that game because uh, a lot of people think the Vikings do have a chance to upset them, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like the, the 49ers are a more well-rounded team. I, I, I think I trust Garoppolo a little bit more than I trust Kirk Cousins, and uh, the defense of the 49ers I think will really disrupt Cousins. Yeah, it's possible. If they can't get any protection from that offensive line, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Their line just needs to play – at least average, Kirk I think. Cousins has to be excellent for them to Well, win. of course, but I think in terms of the offensive line. And he was. Line, he was, he, he was against the Saints, but, uh, again, watch what happens when they're, they're playing on grass outdoors and at, at 4 o'clock instead this time. It'll, it depends on the offensive line, though, mostly, because they, they did a nice job on the Saints, and the they Saints did. are a good pass rush. Mm-hmm. So if they could do at least average level of protection for the Niners and Kirk Cousins has somewhat of a clean pocket, he could play well. Because those receivers, I think, have some mismatches. 
And like I said, if they use Dalvin Cook in the passing game, I think that's going to be a very big key, especially if they use him outside on trickier routes. That's going to be a very big key for them mm-hmm. if, if they're going to win this game. I think the defense will be mostly what it'll take for them just because I think they, those are the matchups I think they could really expose. Because the Niners, again, like I said, they're a running team mostly. They're second, second best in the league. Hey, we got a call. All right. And I think they got the guys to take out. Not take out because Kittle will still get his, but contain Kittle where he's not going to be a big force in the game. And their biggest thing is big plays. And the Niners don't really know how big play receivers. All right. So before we get into any other games, we're going to welcome in a caller here. Who do we have on the line? Hey, what's going on? It's Brian from Blue Point. Brian from Blue Point. Welcome aboard. Uh, what, what do you got for us? What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to say while you guys are on the games for this upcoming week, uh, you know, I think we got a little spoiled last week. I don't think we're going to get games this week. I think there's going to be a couple of uh, big blowouts. Um, although the first halves of some of the games last week were a little slow, right. we had some good finishes, nice tight games. So, well, who you do know, you, I think, uh, what, what games do you think are going to be blowouts? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, it's hard to say at this point. You know, I'm not, I'm not big into the uh, sports betting and stuff like that. But uh, you know, we got a few, a few really good teams here that uh, you know, uh, are expected to have uh, you know pretty big. I think they were saying what the spread for one of the games is uh, like well, I know, almost seven points, six, seven points, something like that. Um, I believe I, I heard them early on. I, I, I'm pretty sure the the Chiefs. We're, we're favored over Houston by like nine or ten points. And uh, Baltimore, I believe, was favored by like nine points as well. But that, I think, moved as a lot of people started betting on uh, Tennessee. Right. So I think it shrunk a little bit. But you're right. So th- those two numbers were a little bit higher. I think the other ones were a little bit closer. I, with, I believe uh, the game to watch would be the Seahawks and the Packers. Well, and that's going to be some bad weather from what I've been hearing. So. Uh, so, w- which? Right. Go ahead, Brian. So, so for my, the, the main reason for the call, sorry to, to jump around on topics with you, is I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the Giants uh, signing this guy, Judge. Yeah, no, we were talking uh, about that before. So, so what? what is, what's your uh, take on it? Essentially, I'm not, a, right, I'm not a huge sports guy. I don't follow as much as, uh, you know, a lot of people do. But from my experience playing, um, you know, it's it's hard to get behind this guy. I know it's early. We know very little about him. Uh, although I was listening to Francesca before, and he was talking him up a storm. You know, singing this guy's praises, which I'm a little surprised by. Um, you know, as you guys were talking about before, he's uh, under Belichick, which hasn't exactly had a lot of, uh, you know, success in the past. Not that, that means a whole lot. But the biggest thing is he's a, you know, special teams guy. Granted, he was branching out a little, but to me, that's a big leap to go from a special teams to head coach of a football team, and no less a New York football team. You know, uh, I, there's, I, there's always a stigma of it's tough to play in New York, and to be honest, I think it's kind of true. But that, I, from what from what I've been hearing about this guy, he really seems to command the respect of the players on his team. Like I heard somebody who covers the Patriots saying. He's very loud. Like he, he really has a good grasp on, on the team. And a, as you said, so he, he wasn't just the special teams guy. He he had his he had his uh, he was co- is the wide receivers coach as of he this year. He was the wide receivers coach in a year where right. the re- receivers were moving around a lot. Where I, it's tough really to judge either way on him with that. 
I think the special teams is more of the bigger thing. Where he was a good special teams guy. The Patriots always had good special teams gunners and obviously kicking and yeah, punting. They've done very. Yeah, I mean, he clearly was a, a good special teams coach. Well, he was, yeah, right. Yeah, well, this, and that's not really where I'm knocking him, the higher. Right. Um, you know, the Patriots definitely focus a lot on special teams, you know, so you got to assume that he's one of the best at, at his practice. And, uh, you know, I heard a couple of guys on talk radio mention, uh, you know, the Harbaugh, you know, the, the, the early comparisons are, are already, which, you know, you, it, it's hard to say. You know, obviously we don't know. It's still early on. Um, and let's be honest, the Patriots, yeah, he, he might have been doing the wide receivers, but their offensive tools this year are pretty much null and void, you know. I mean, right, I had Edelman on my team, and, you know, he was my one of my better players, but still, you know, not performing to what he has in the past. And, you know, the, the whole offense really wasn't there for the Patriots, which is probably why they're knocked out right now, because the defense is phenomenal. So I, I, I just well. realized who this is, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> you're, you're a Giant fan. Who did you yes. want as the head coach? Uh, I was, you know, favoring McCarthy. Again, I don't have a extensive knowledge like some of these other guys. You know, obviously these talk radio guys and, you know, the, you know, the uh, coaches and stuff of these teams obviously know way more than me. But from what I was looking at, I liked uh, McCarthy. He has experience. Obviously him having a Super Bowl really, you know, is big. But he has experience in the league, and he did – Fairly well with uh, Green Bay. You know, not great, but he did pretty well. And the biggest thing is, for me, and this is why I'm a little weary about uh, a judge coming in, is that we have a brand-new rookie quarterback who played a little more than half a season so far, and we need the type of coach that has the experience in the league to to mold this guy. You know, I don't want to see... For, for uh, lack of a better comparison, something that the Jets may do. And, uh, you know, See, it seems like the, the Giants have been following in, in the Jets' footsteps lately. <laughs> uh, you know, it does kind of seem that way. Um, but, you know, I don't want to see them do something like that and essentially ruin this kid's career. You know, everyone's talking about uh, the potential that he may have, that he looks very good so far early. So we really need the to... The potential's there, but... So I wouldn't I wouldn't get too caught up on on the, the fact that they they got this guy judge and it so I, I hear your concern but we don't know exactly who he's bringing in yet as his coordinator so I, I think they depending on on who he brings in for the offensive coordinator maybe that guy is is willing to you know is is a quarterback guru or something so it, it's it's really tough to say until we know who he's bringing in as the coordinator you know, that's essentially what he was claimed to be, was the quarterback guru. And I don't necessarily think we need quite that extensive, but not to say that that judge is not going to be any good at, you know, uh, helping uh, uh, Jones out, but, you know, we don't know. It's kind of, to me, this move is kind of a, a big risk. It's a big leap of faith, which at this point in Jones's career, do we really want to take that leap of faith? Because truthfully, and as a Giants fan, I don't think we're going to be good for at least a couple of years, even with Jones, no, even if he performs not. as good as he, you know, as he can. Because let's face it, the rest of the team is really struggling. The offensive line is pretty much non-existent, and you know, we just, there's a lot of holes in a lot of places that we really need to fill. So, 
my primary concern right now is developing our young talent, you know, developing Jones and, and bringing that, them up. Not to mention the fact that, let's be honest, we look kind of like a little stupid in this whole situation, the way it went down, and we have the egg on our face situation because they, you know, we're talking about the, the guy who signed with Carolina. Oh, he's the big deal. He's the big deal. Forget about McCarthy. Rule. We're I think he was a better fit in Carolina, though. Than he was you're, with the Giants. You're probably right, but it, to, you know, listening to sports radio over the past uh, week or so. That's the guy that the Giants wanted. It seemed like the, the, the Giants were like all in on Rule, and that's what they wanted. And then they let him go to Carolina and take it. Granted, in in his defense, it's a man contract, and the Giants would have never even come close to giving him that type of money for that long. You know, so good right. for him, but it makes us look kind of like caught with our pants down now it's like all right well we didn't get mccarthy we didn't get rule we didn't get the uh, the other guy who went to washington uh, oh, uh, what do we do uh, uh joe judge no judges who, who we got uh, the no, guy no. went to uh, washington oh rivera yeah uh, I'm, I'm saying it just seemed like it just it it seemed like a a, a bit of a a panic like i, I don't i don't know I, I, it doesn't seem like it seemed like it just wanted, I think, their guy kind of thing, and Jerry Reese did the same thing. They, they interviewed when he was him GM. the other day. So yeah, but would you meet Jerry Reese or you know, Gettleman? Really neither. They waited until, you know, this situation arose where Rule signed somewhere else, and they were left to their last option, essentially. That's, that's the way it seemed to me, you know, which doesn't bode well. And, you know, as, as good as Jones, you know, Jones' pickup was and all this other stuff, do we really try to put our faith in Gettleman yet? I, I don't know. I, I haven't. So. Some of his draft picks were good this year, so I think that's why he ended up getting right. another chance. But he's definitely still a hot seat GM right now. Oh, absolutely. And especially with this kind of really out there coaching hire, this is going to say a lot about his judgment of these coaches. Because this is Bill Belichick coaching tree, which historically has not worked. You've got a really out there kind of lower, not lower level, but a lesser-known special teams coach. Again, I'm not even knocking the special teams notion. There are good special teams coaches in the league. But you're kind of reaching for that kind of thing. You're reaching for a younger guy that, again, is not really... When you reach for a younger guy, usually it's based on a trend. They didn't really do that. It's really just out there. You kind of... And if you're trying to do a, a disciplined guy, I understand that. You don't really just have to go to the Patriots. There are other teams that are disciplined football teams that work with younger players well. So it seemed like a bit of a, just an out-there kind of thing. Now, I always say, and I say this with teams too, no experience is not negative experience. So I will judge that as it is. But it still was right. really out there in terms of what they did. I thought they yeah. were going to sign Ron yeah. Rivera. And, and – because them and Dave, him and Dave Gettleman, didn't they go to the Super Bowl? Rivera, Carolina? yeah. That, that situation kind right. of unfolded. Like the, the the Redskins fired their coach in the middle of the season, and so did the Panthers fire Ron Rivera. So that was seemed like kind of a, a collision course waiting to happen. But yeah, maybe uh, maybe the Giants should have done the same. Yeah. But uh, I got I got to run, Steve. Uh, good luck with everything. I'll talk to you guys. All right, uh, Brian. Thanks for the call, man. All right. Bye. All right. So um, so the one thing I'll say about this hire, uh, I think the offense performed well this season. I, I, I think you saw flashes from Daniel Jones. Obviously, we know what Saquon can be. Yes. I, I think um, I really like Sterling Shepard. 
if he stays healthy. I like what we saw out of Darius Slayton. Um, well, the big if he stays and healthy yeah, is is um, the tight end. What's tight the end? Yep, Evan Ingram. Oh, Ingram. Ingram. He, but Red Ellison is nice. Yeah, he's actually. I I, I think Red they should Ellison just commit to him. Smith. He's a blocking Kane tight Smith end. Smith is good. He got, he's been, he's become a lot better of a pass Kaden catcher. Caden Smith has been yeah. really good. Yeah. So I actually think the offense is in pretty decent shape. I mean, Golden obviously Tate. they can Golden they could. Tate's been yeah, and take. Yeah, but he's older and be a speed receiver. I feel like he could start regressing. No, but I, I think there's, there's solid enough weapons there. The quarterback showed you signs. You really need somebody to, to, to hold everything problem. else accountable on the team. And it all depends on who else he brings in. Cause it, you, you hope that he brings in some experienced coaches because it is his first time coaching. But I think there's potential for this team to turn it around Obviously, it's not going to happen this season, but I mean, the, the the pieces are there for the offense. So as long as they they find some some good, valuable draft choices, I think they could turn this around in a couple of years because they, they have the most important position. They have the quarterback, it seems, mm-hmm. and they have a good young running back to go with them. So, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. It is an unknown commodity, but uh, only time will tell. Um, we were talking about the games before the upcoming game, so we we discussed the first one on Saturday. The next game is Tennessee at Baltimore. Very good game. What do you think about that, Kevin? Ryan Tannehill has one been has been one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league, so I wouldn't I wouldn't count him out because he's been very dangerous. And uh, Derrick Henry's been a bull. Yeah, that's that's why I would worry if I was Baltimore. That's what I'd be most worried about after seeing what he did to New England. What do you think, Speedy? I would be worried, yeah. I would be worried about the about Derrick Henry. The thing is, the Ravens' front seven personnel and overall run defense is still better than the Patriots, where I think they got a better shot in terms of just the way they play defense. In right. terms of obviously not stopping him, like I was saying with Kittle, but just containing him enough where he's yep. not going to dominate Slow the him down game. as much as you can. The Patriots' offense, whenever facing those types of – or the Patriots defense, my bad, when facing those types of offenses with a lot of good skill players on it, they'll, they tend to let teams run and they'll try to double team the, the top receiver, which is, which is what they did with the Titans. A.J. Brown was playing well. They took him out. Mm-hmm. They were going to let Derrick Henry run and stop him ball. when they needed to. But the problem is Derrick Henry got a first down on every run. Usually they say, all right, we'll let you get eh, six yards here, four yards here. They, he got a first down on pretty much every run and dominated. So they had no answer for that, and that's exactly what Ray Rice did to them in 2009. Same kind of thing, and here they are running in defense, beating the Patriots. We have and, another call coming in. Oh, we do. All right. So we got um, – and the, the one thing I, I, I will say about that is um, let's not get caught up in the fact that it was Tom Brady that they were playing, but that Patriot offense was nothing to uh, – they're, they're not. They're not that very, impressive of an offense. Kobe Myers, and now they're that. they're going up against Baltimore, who's one of the most impressive offenses that we've seen in a while. So, uh, do we have the other caller on the line? No, they uh, they dis- they disconnected. They All right. Uh, so, on Sunday, uh, we have Kansas City. Yeah, Houston at Kansas City. Kansas City's going to win, and I picked them to come out of the AFC because over they, Baltimore, really. Yes. Because they have a very dangerous wide receiving core. That's true. 
Patrick Mahomes. I really hope we end up with that matchup in the AFC Championship game. I, that would be the most. That, to me, that'd be the Super Bowl if we could see. I want to see the Chiefs Kansas and the City Packers in the Super Bowl. Well, that'd be yeah. I mean, the two of the the Aaron most Rogers, the most like talented the arm talents that we've ever seen. Packers, my second favorite team. Either one would be interesting, but I really want to see the Ravens and Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I think that'll be just must watch TV. Um, and then the the final game, just, Se- Seattle at Green Bay. Yeah. And you th- you are expecting. Um, the Packers to come out of that one? Yes. I think I would think if the Seahawks have a chance, they're going to have to need Marshawn Lynch to have at least 60 to 70 yards. So this is going to be an interesting game because, because – Pete Carroll already announced he's giving uh, Marshawn Lynch more carries in this upcoming game. Um, they kind of have – each of the quarterbacks in that game have very similar numbers this season. They both threw something like uh, – 25 to 30 touchdowns and and like more if his defense wasn't if Aaron Jones didn't have like if Aaron Jones didn't do what he did this year Aaron Rodgers would have to carry more but since it's a more balanced team yeah since Aaron Jones is over 16 touchdowns he doesn't need to carry the team as he used to right but I wouldn't count out Russell Wilson because I mean that that guy has just been a special player ever since he came into the league I mean don't forget the Seahawks paid Matt Flynn all that money, and then here's this third round draft pick coming in, winning winning the job, going to two Super Bowls, winning one of them, in the running for the MVP this season. I, I just I can't count them out. Um, yeah, I got the Packers in that game. Yeah, and the NFC Championship. You know what? If the so if the Packers win. I'd rather Packers I'd Niners rather, would be a pretty damn good rather uh, the Packers versus the Vikings because unless the Packers figure out what they did from their last matchup because the last time Packers versus San Francisco mm-hmm. they only had eight points. Oh geez, and that's uh, right. Aaron I remember Rod- that. That Aaron, was a strange game. And Aaron Rodgers was benched. Yeah, yeah, that was that was strange. But to the see. defense for San Francisco hasn't been the same. They've given up over twenty points every game since. Yeah, uh, I would expect the the defense to pick it up in the playoffs, though. I I, I think they're going to be, especially having the first round the bye, they're isn't a little be rested. Easy, the Vikings isn't. No, gonna none be of these none of these games are going to be easy, but um, I I can't wait to see. Uh, to me, the championship weekend is going to be. Uh, I mean, I can't wait to see what if, the matchups are. I really hope that we get. Um, I want to see Kansas City and Baltimore. That's that's what I want to yeah. see. That's to me. That's the Super Bowl. If Tennessee beats Baltimore, that would be the shock of the season. Really? Would it though? I don't. I mean, I think that game will be close. That defense I, has a good no, ma- good identity for. I want the Titans for the Ravens type of offense. I want the Titans to win because the Titans have shown they're not scared of who they're up against, right. no matter if they're away or home. But they have. So they they. Yes, they they they. Slowed down Tom Brady and the Patriots, but they have not seen what I don't know. I I think Baltimore's offense is going to be too Has hard to stop. Has Tennessee beaten uh, Kansas City this year? Yes. Yeah. No, they could beat the Chiefs. I think. He's but they, they're playing. Yeah, the Ravens. I I don't. 
I mean, just just if you as slow down Lamar, there's a chance. Yeah, but that's yeah. easy. A lot I, easier I, I, said I know, than done. I know. Obviously, he's the MVP. A well-rested, and he didn't have to play his his last game of the season, so he's really had several weeks off now. So he's going to be ready to go. And I don't know what Tennessee's injury situation is. Do they have anybody who they they lost in this game? I'm not Jayon sure. Brown. That's a big. That's a big one. So we don't know if he's playing. Yeah, because that's a guy with speed as, as a middle linebacker that could definitely play as a QB spy kind of role on Lamar Jackson and Defense is very in co- in coverage because he likes to go to the pass catching backs a lot of the time. That's a big one if he doesn't play. Now the backups for Tennessee did play well in that game, but Jayon Brown is one of the better, faster young middle linebackers in the league right now and Rashawn Evans played very well but if Lamar Jackson runs his way and decides all right I'm not going to run this way this time he could go run the other way and then they'll have to either specially prepare for that side or again they're going to have to maybe just let him have it at times and that's going to be hard so if Jayon Brown doesn't play that'll be big because Rashawn Evans can only do so much on that that's why that first round bye is so important so important because that, that extra rest goes a long way. Mm-hmm. No, and I think they definitely have the defense to be able to do it if they if he, he does play because I think that's a big key. Outside rushers, which they're fast. They have de- depth in that area, and they tend to do well against running quarterbacks. So that's the biggest thing. You got a, a faster corner at Dory Jackson. You saw the Chargers mm-hmm. use the, the blitzing of the DBs, the QB spies with the DBs. Don't be surprised if they do something like that with the Dory Jackson who has kick returner speed. So but every, they have every matchups team, that work for every, that kind of every thing. Te- so last year's a lot different because they, they didn't have the full offseason of, of building the offense around Lamar. So the, the Chargers took yeah, advantage of this, a, a more one-dimensional yeah, Lamar Jackson. Here's but, the thing, though, with that. Besides Mark Ingram, it's not really that different of an offense. The receivers are still Well, meh. you got Hollywood Brown. You got the right, uh, right, Andrews. Couple, right. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews was there last go-to, year. He was there last year. And he was there last year, too. Hollywood well, Brown. they have, like, the three tight ends now. Yeah, but right? all three of them Mark, were there last year, too. The Hayden Hurst was just hurt well, all the they, time. Who did they draft? I thought they drafted somebody this year, though. No. Mm-mm. They drafted Hayden Hurst in the first round last year. But he was just always hurt. So, uh, so you, it's, you didn't so it's see kind of like we're seeing him. You didn't see time. him as much. But you okay. still saw Boyle and you still saw Mark Andrews. And that's why I'm saying it's not really much different. If Marquise Brown was statistically amazing, okay. But he, he's not. not. He's, he's, he's not. not. He's a, he has had probably three, four great games. Yeah, but it's somebody and, that you have to account for, though. Right, but Lamar I think they could. Right, but I, not, I don't know if it's really that either. I think it's more... The Titans can trust talent to do that and not specific game planning to do that because Logan Ryan's a good enough corner, and if they want to put a Dory Jackson to match his speed, he's a good enough corner, and I think he's a better player than Marquise Brown is right now. So I think they could just ta- trust talent to do that. When it comes to a game planning perspective and an identity of a defense, the Titans have all the rest to be able to do that. I don't think Marquise Brown is a big enough force in order to – be that much of a difference maker. Mark Andrews is the one I'm more afraid of because the Titans have smaller linebackers and safeties that don't play well against bigger tight ends. I think Tannehill is going to have to outduel Lamar. That ain't going to happen. If they're if they're going to have to if they win. Yeah, it's going to take a spectacular game. I, for this them. is not real. I don't. As much as these two quarterbacks have been 
hot lately. I feel like this is going to be a, 23 and 7. I, I really don't know if this is going to be a quarterback game. I think it's going to be a defense game. I really do. All right, I want to try something out here. Um, we'll spruce things up a little bit, play a little game. What do you guys say? Sure. Sure. It's a little uh, trivia game. I'll explain how this works. Okay. I'm going to call this for a dollar. I'm going to quiz you guys for a dollar. Okay. So I have a card in front of me of a athlete. Okay. I'm going to read you 10 clues as to who the athlete is. Now, at any point, if you think you know who it is, you can say it, but you only get one guess. All right. So each clue starts off very vague, gets more specific until it eventually uh, reveals his initials and so you'll be able to get it. Ten clues. Okay. All right, ready? So who am I? I'm a famous athlete. I speak three different languages fluently. I met my wife at the 2000 Sydney Olympics. I have twin daughters. My shots are very accurate. I'm good on both grass and clay. I see lots of love when I work. Uh, I earned an Olympic I, gold medal in 2000. Anytime you, you think you know it, you say it. Rafael Nadal? No. Well, he wins on clay a lot. <laughs> I earned an Olympic gold medal in 2008. In 2012, I won my seventh Wimbledon trophy. Who am I with the initials RF? Oh. Roger Federer. Hey! There you go. <laughs> Sorry, Speedy. So Kevin wins the dollar. All right. Just wanted to try that out, see how that, how that went. Um, Want to talk uh, NBA at all? Yeah. Sure, we could do some NBA. We got uh, some trade deadlines rumors going around, and Ooh. definitely some interesting. Kyle Kuzma was definitely one of them. That yeah, was because the Lakers need a playmaking most. point guard. So um, who are they looking, who are they, looking, what are they looking at? They're looking at DJ Augustine from the Magic. They mm. don't need to give up Kuzma for that. They no, I'm saying they're they're at the trade deadline. They need they're looking for a playmaking point guard because okay. Rondo saying, hasn't been the same as he has in the past. So they they're looking for a playmaking point guard. Mm-hmm. No, I just don't think they'll need to trade Kuzma for that. I think no, they could no, do no, better. No. I think they could do better for Kuzma. So, wh- what do we think so far oh, and, uh, of the and uh, Darren Collison too? They're looking at. Again, an older player they're not going to need to trade Kyle Kuzma for. So that who would should be, they be looking for? No, their for. priority is a playmaking point guard. Right, but I don't think they're going to need to do any large-scale trades for that. Who should they be targeting? Because uh, obviously we expect the Lakers to be one of the top teams. We expect the Clippers to be one of the t- So who's going to be – who's the sought-after piece that's going to take one of those teams over the top? I think one option I, – I wouldn't trade him because I do think they'll be good in the second half, but if they don't come back strong in the second half, one option could be C.J. McCollum because both those teams could use a shooter. Everyone could use shooters in this day and age now, and we know LeBron. He always wants three-point shooters. That would be something in L.A. And that would be the kind of player. That's something you could give up Kuzma for Mm -hmm. because he's that good of a player. He's been consistent his whole career. And he, he can also pass, too. It's not like he's just a shooter, either. He could also pass. That's something I'd be willing to give up Kuzma. you probably have to give up a little more than that, but that's something I'd be willing to do if I were the Lakers. And if you're the Clippers, you've got a lot of young talent on that roster, too. You could definitely maneuver around. You got, I, I still think they have some draft picks. I don't think they lost that much with, uh, with Paul George. I know they lost this year for sure, but I, 
I know the every other year thing, I still think they have some if they want to deal some first-rounders away as well. So, What about some of these other teams who are kind of close, like the Nuggets, the Rockets? Is there anything they can do to, to sneak their way into the discussion? Yeah, the Nuggets are a deep team as it is, so I think, again, any depth could help with them. Uh, but the Lakers could beat them you, they, because they have three big men. They have a tall lineup. So you, you saw what they did against Jokic earlier in the season. That's they, fair. No, I, I'm not even talking head-to-head with just the Lakers. I'm just saying the way they have operated their roster, I think they're very deep. So I don't know if they necessarily are going to force their way into any big trade because I think the depth is what has helped them. You're right. They could use some size. But, again, it's kind of like what we were saying with Collison and DJ Augustine. I feel like it'll just be a small-scale trade. In terms of the Rockets, I don't know if there's, if there's anything they can really do right now. They traded all their first, a lot of first-rounders for Westbrook. So they're just stuck with what they got? They got some bad anybody. contracts. I, it's going to be very hard for them to make a splash right now, and they're just not a deep team to begin with. Do you so think I don't know the how Lakers should go after Derrick Rose? Mm, that's interesting. Hmm. Maybe. I, I could see What that. has he been doing this year? I could see He's been that. pretty solid with Detroit. I'll look it up right now. Well, yeah, because I just saw something about Blake, played, uh, Blake Griffin's out, so they're they're thinking about moving on, uh, looking to the future, so they're probably going to deal some of their guys, right? Yeah, they're an older team anyway. Blake Griffin's going to have, gonna have season-ending yeah. surgery. Yeah, so they're, they're going to be looking to unload. Yeah, they're an older team. They need all the picks they can get. Derrick Rose, 17 points per game, 5.7 assists, 2.2 rebounds. Wow. So. 7.5 assists on that team is uh, yeah. good. That's surprising. That. 48% field goal. That's surprising. Okay. Yeah, that's 7.5 assists a game on that team is nice. I actually give him credit for that. That could be something that could work. Again, it, I don't know if that's the player you would need to even deal Kuzma for either. It's just a matter of who you're going to deal. For point guards, Why though, are they looking to deal Kuzma, addition. though? Because he doesn't really fit with this new style of Lakers team. Yeah, especially Robin since they Davis. added Danny Green. Because he, yeah. he used to be in the starting lineup last year, Kyle Kuzma, until right. Danny Green was brought into the picture. So I think they're trying to maneuver him for that, for those purposes. And Kuzma's an excellent player, though. No, he's a good player. I'm just saying he just doesn't fit with that no, team, no, no, so no, that's no. why he's trying to move. Somebody like the Jazz or the Mavericks have a shot? Dallas is kind of the same thing with the Rockets. They dealt so many draft picks away where yeah. that could be hard. Yeah, for Przingis. For Przingis, they dealt two first-round picks. Uh, they had... They definitely they lost a first round pick in when they traded for Doncic originally, and how much do they have left is the question because they need depth too. I think again a couple pieces could be obtainable for them. They are another team that could definitely use a big man, but at the same time they also could use a, a point guard too to help out with. So Doncic doesn't have to ball handle every time. He could shoot at times. He can move around because he's a well-rounded player. He's not just a passer. He's not just a shooter. That'll give him a little more freedom and maybe even not have him wear himself out for the postseason either. Not used to seeing this, but look look at the the bottom of the West is not as strong as we're used to seeing. I mean, the the, the Thunder only a few games over 500, and and the the Spurs are five games under under – uh, 500 in the eight seed. So it's kind of a, a weird thing to well, see. Thunder from, from being where they are is shocking still. I thought they would fall off by now, but it hasn't Chris happened Paul's yet. Chris Paul's holding that team together. He's been a real leader for them. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, he's another piece. He's, another, on, he's another guy. He's another piece that's very him. interesting. And You know, he, he loves LeBron. <laughs> you know, he loves LeBron. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. That would be very interesting. That would be 
that would that would be good, I think. What about the East, man? Do you, do you think any anybody other than Milwaukee could Boston. represent the East? Boston. Boston, I think, is the only other one. Yeah. But I, so you I, don't think Philly at all? No, I don't like their coach. And Plus, I, they're MB, another team MB that lacks is up depth. And down. Yeah, uh, Embiid is up and down every night. And they're they're another team. I don't, he do could they wreck the, a game, man. Do they, they have the draft needs. capital to make a trade too? Is the other question. Ben so. Simmons needs to be able to have a shot too for them to win. <laughs> yes, he decides to make a three against the Knicks. Thanks yeah. for noting. Yeah. <laughs> Miami's had a, a, a surprising season too. Yes, Mi- I forgot about Miami. They could be good. They can make it second round. They yeah, can, I mean, they, it, could, they could win a round, first round. Well, yeah, as, as, as long as they hold their position Jimmy right now, Butler's they're going to. Jimmy has been very good. Their young players he have been, been excellent. Yeah, and then you obviously you have the defending champs who whole, you know that, we don't expect. That whole franchise just knows how to build it. Build their players. The Heat, yeah. Pat Riley, yeah. Eric Spolstra, it's, great, great. Uh, and you have the right front office in place. It really shows. Um, what about the Raptors, though? I mean, they are the defending champs. Obviously, they don't have Kawhi. We know that, but some of the players. Th- I mean, the rest of the team is still I there, don't think basically. They're going to be able to go up against Kemba, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Giannis. I don't know. I don't see it. Well, their coach has definitely proven a lot this year because obviously he inherited Kawhi Leonard last Kyle year. Kyle Lowry's so. going to have to be very good. Right. So he inherited Kawhi Leonard last year, so it wasn't really like it was all him. He did well, but it wasn't really all him. He did better with the depth players. Now he's doing well with those depth players, finally. The Raptors were a team that lacked depth for, the depth for years, depth and really defense, and now he's brought that identity there. So it definitely could work. In terms of what they could trade for, they probably could use some shooting. I think that's a big key for them when looking at them because they're a defensive structure team right now. They got Van Vliet, who's all right, but he's really more of a bench player, so maybe a starting-type shooter, wing player, I think is something they could definitely go for. I don't know about overall star because I don't know if they have the pieces for that, though. So the conference finals should be interesting in, in, in both the East and the West. I, I think should be looking at, hopefully, Milwaukee versus Boston, and then I think the Lakers and the Clippers even though right now the Clippers are like in, in the fourth spot in the West, but the conference would, final put, should be really I would put good. Houston over the Clippers. Really? For right now, yeah, but uh, the Clippers have gone you know through they're, their low they're management. They're waiting. Right. The Clippers went through their low management phase. That's why they were losing games in the beginning right. of the season. And now the Rockets probably will have to do that at some point. The Lakers will do it definitely at some point. I can't see LeBron. Completely. I am interested to He's see. He's not going to play the whole year. This Rockets team is going to be interesting, though, with, the Rockets with Westbrook. Could, the Rockets could outshoot the Clippers. Mm, you no? think? No, the, the, defense really will, type. the defense will jump yeah, up a notch a once the playoffs start, though. Team, though. They have two good shooters, really. Eric Gordon. Gordon yeah. and Harden. P.J. Tucker's. Uh, he's a down from guy. Shooter. Mm, he's I a mean, defensive from the guy. He's not really three a shooter. Star. But, yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I'd like to see Giannis in the finals. I, th- I think he, he's earned it. And I would like to see the Lakers in the finals. I would like to see a, a Giannis-LeBron passing of the he torch needs, kind of meeting. He needs a jump shot. Who's that? Oh, he's he's improved big he's, time. Yeah, His he's shooting grown has improved a little this big year. Time. It's it's not sudden, but it's definitely growing in comparison to where it was I, last when, year. I remember watching them play the Lakers and watching him hitting some some pretty deep threes. Like he, Giannis is ready. He is re- He's ready to take I don't that think next they step. They would beat them in seven game series. 
Probably not, especially, I mean, we, we got to see what happens if any of them improve the trade deadline. The competition so. between the East and the West is very different. It is, but uh, the Milwaukee does have two things over the Lakers, and that's depth and coaching. I think Boone is a better coach. and Very I think, good coach. And I think they definitely have the depth. They have different kinds of players, too. Who is too the Bucks point guard, Bledsoe? Bledsoe, yeah. He's been very disappointing. Yeah, he's a little down this year, yeah. but he's still a good player. I don't think he's a bad player. Yeah, um, and it stinks that we have to wait a year to, to, you know, we have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant sitting out, so that would be an interesting dynamic to throw into this. But, uh, yeah, the, the Nets seem to have – and what's going on with Kyrie and his shoulder? He can't even move his arm. They, they said he can't even lift his shoot, like lift his arm. What a shame, man. That, 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 like, that guy – Ever since he he hit the the game winning shot in uh, when Cleveland won in Game Seven against uh, the Warriors, like he seems to have dropped off a lot. I mean, he he's, he's a very talented he player, but like for leaving LeBron because he know, he thought he was the next Kobe, controlling a team. He wanted to be the man. Yeah, and that and didn't happen in Boston. <laughs> did not work out. Yeah, and I I, I don't know. I th- I thought he'd be able to show something this year with with Brooklyn, but I don't know his his shoulder. I guess is is really hindering him. Um, He's a shooter, so that of course it's going to hinder. Yeah, him. no, I know, but I, I just kind of player. like you didn't hear any timetable. Like it was just like he was day to day for a while, and then all of a sudden, uh, for a while, no. yeah. Um, all the other news with Kyrie Irving swirling around him probably gets rid of all the injury news. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only so much you could say about him, all his beliefs and everything. Um, anything new happen in, in baseball? I, I, I saw, did you see this story about, uh, the, there was more stuff that came out about the cheating with, with the Red the Sox. Red Sox, the World Series. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't, I, I, I'm interested to see what, what, uh, what punishments they end up, do, um, doling out. Well, depending on what magnitude they do it, it, I didn't see anything about this until he just texted me. Tyler coming up next on the home stretch. We'll be getting into this. He, I didn't know about this, but if it's at the same level, the same magnitude, they're going to have to suspend them equally, I would imagine. Yeah. Now, the um, Astros did it for two rounds, so maybe, again, maybe not quite, but at the same time, it still is cheating. You can't use cameras to steal signs. But, but, and the, the Red Sox didn't... Theirs wasn't quite as uh, as obvious as what the Astros were doing, from what I was seeing. Well, I don't. It wasn't obvious if you find out two yeah. years later. <laughs> no, I'm saying that the, the way that the the Astros. Oh, the Astros, they did it like they didn't care. Yeah, it was as like, as in your face as it gets. Yeah. Um, what else we got Lakers, here? Oh, here it is. They Dwight used... Howard uh, entered the dunk contest. Here's one. They used the replay room. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's actually different. Hmm. I don't know because that's that's multiple cameras. That's also TriCaster technology that could be involved in that. That actually. But then they would only do it like when a guy got to second base. Yeah. Someone from the Red Sox dugout would communicate with a base runner who would relay the pitch. So. It's a it's similar kind of notion. They're bringing in the signals, and they're actually using it even further with, again, I think a, a third guy involved in each of that kind of thing. 
I'd have to see what the replay room looks like to actually confirm if it was just one camera, if it was multiple. Because the way it looks, it actually might be a bit worse. But it's still similar, where I think the suspension still will be similar from what it looks like. Yeah. All right, anything else you want to talk about? Dwight Howard, dunk contest. He just entered himself. Wow. He entered himself? (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He entered himself. I wish we... Why didn't LeBron ever do one? Why did he deny us of that? Because he does it in games. <laughs> mm, true. <laughs> true. Like, I want to see all of the, 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 the stars that you have play in all of these, like, skills uh, contests. Like, imagine a dunk contest with all in their primes, like LeBron, Kobe. Uh, Vince Carter. You know, Vince, Vince Carter was so good. It's just a shame that like none of these guys want to do it. They're worried. Same thing with baseball. They're always worried with the messing up of their swings with a home run derby. Now they've become pickier. Yeah. As Tyler gives a thumbs up because he's still in favor of that theory, which has only worked for certain players. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to cover before we wrap it up here? I think we got to everything. We got yeah, we get, basically. I mean, we get to every game because I know uh, I was gone for a little while. Did we yeah, get while you game? were on the, okay. f- we, we eventually finished up, and right. uh, so we got some some good. Hopefully, it's going to be uh, as exciting as last weekend was because I think it can be. There's a lot of good matchups. Yeah, um, we'll see. I mean, I don't think we can quite get the finishes that we had last week, but you know well, well hopefully we get something close to that because I that, think the that was amazing play will still be strong though and right. especially like i said with that the niners vikings game and, and the ravens titans i think you could see quality of play strong in both those games yeah all right so uh that about wraps it up here um no errol for this show but errol should be back tomorrow for down to the wire uh, again the number is 6313004477 uh, we got coming up next. What's what's the show? This is the home stretch. The home stretch with Tyler coming up next. So stay tuned, everybody, and uh, don't be afraid to call in. So down to the wire. Signing off for today. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.